1: from hollywood casino it is cody and gold Good to be back hope everybody had a fantastic christmas holiday just gold with you today i don't know why i referred to myself in the third person but look the show <laughs> is called cody and gold so that's the best way to do it when it comes to that you might have heard pete sweeney he's laughing uh he's hanging out with me for the first hour of the show we have a fun show planned so here's what's going on today i got multiple people stopping by throughout the show today cody is out the rest of the week he'll be back next week drew's back with me tomorrow we got quinn back in the studio and I'm gonna be out here the entire day. We're doing ten to two Cody and Gold. Then we got that betting show tonight. That is because it is the grand opening of the sports book here at Hollywood Casino. They're a brand new remodeled sports book. If you've been out here before, you know they had the temporary setup you come in here today when it opens up at five o'clock. that's when you can come on out of here and it feels like a full-blown sports book. Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride hanging out with me for the first hour uh, today, and we're already talking about bets we're going to be making a little bit later on today <laughs> as well. It is, uh it is you know this way I can say it, it's like it's a legit, full-blown sports book that has this unbelievable TV wall, if you check my Twitter account, you can see I put out a video that this basically ends up being, once they split up the TV wall, they got over 50 TVs yeah. inside of this sports book.
0: Yeah, I'll shoot you straight. I mean, I, I think in, in the past when you've been out here, it was very, it looked like a temporary setup, but it is completely different now. Uh, TVs everywhere, it looks like even more comfortable seating. Uh, the the video screens are, are big and it looks like they're gonna have a ton of different games on. It is both seasons, so four uh,
1: games today, man. We got it, four.
0: This would be a, a good time to, to come out here. Beautiful bar over there. It should, should be a a great place. It reminds me of uh, like a Atlantic City, Las Vegas light right
1: now. Yeah, they got leather couches as well. Yeah. Uh, so come on by again. It opens at five o'clock, but you want to get some bets in a little bit earlier than that. I will mention the uh, promo and giveaway they got going on today here at Hollywood Casino. If you're a pen play member, you just have to place a minimum wager or multiple cash. Wager Wagers totaling $25 on one bet slip at the sportsbook counter or kiosk, and check in over at the promotions area from 3 to 7:50 tonight. And at 8 o'clock, they're going to draw up to 15 winners who will win $100 in Penn Sports Play. Plus, if you're actually in person to claim it, you're going to get another $100. So come on out. Uh, as I said, there are full, uh, four bowl games, a full sports day ahead. First game starts at 1 o'clock. But uh, we got a lot to address. Obviously, I-, I wasn't on the show yesterday, Pete, and so I wonder if-, if things have calmed down a little bit post-Christmas Day game. And I'll, I'll say this. I hate the Christmas Day game. I hate it. I don't want Christmas Day football. It ruined the day. I'll be honest. I I, I texted with some other people – it put everybody that we were with in a bad mood the rest of the <laughs> way. It did. Like everybody's a little chippy. Like everybody was like, yeah. everybody's running a little hot. Like including myself. Like it. It was not good. I don't want Christmas Day football unless you're going to put it at six o'clock. Let me enjoy the rest right. of the day first and then ruin it later in the night.
0: You know, I think we're so focused on the Chiefs' performance, and it was the worst of the year. Certainly, offensively, one of the worst, if not the worst, performance of Patrick Mahomes' career, and so not great from a chief standpoint but just being at the game and watching the game and even taking any kind of Kansas City bias out of it it, it didn't even feel like the Las Vegas Raiders wanted to be there like and so uh to your point i i don't know how much the players even enjoyed waking <laughs> up and you know, not being able to have christmas at home with their families remember these are humans too and it, it i tweeted this during the game you know regardless of the outcome i'm sure we're going to get into some of that but it just felt like nobody Wanted to be playing that game uh, and uh, was sloppy the team with, what, 70 passing yards One uh, Awful day for the Chiefs. Not a, really a great day for the Raiders, but they were able to come up with a win.
1: Yeah, the, the, you mentioned the energy. I mean, I think that's exactly how the game started offensively for Kansas City. They, just, they look unprepared that they didn't want to be there? That's, I think, speaks to the issues they had right out of the gate. But I know the NFL's trying to attack the Christmas Day slate with the right. NBA, right? It's usually reserved for the NBA, but everybody was talking about the NFL games. Nobody was really talking about the NBA, especially in this market, understandably right. so. And yeah, I, I don't know. Hopefully, like, they, we don't start having Tuesday at Wednesday games just because Christmas falls on a Tuesday or Wednesday, which it will. Right. Otherwise, we have till twenty twenty eight, so we have to worry about another Christmas day, <laughs> uh, another Christmas day yeah. game. But you're right about, about the uh, we're going to get into this sun this this game from Monday because it felt a lot like how I felt at halftime of the Super Bowl against Tampa. Yeah. And that was that Mahomes was running for his life. And Mahomes was to blame for part of that performance, no doubt about it. It was truly a a complete organizational mess on Monday. But he had 32 uh, non-screen dropbacks, and he wasn't throwing in rhythm. It was the highest raw number of any quarterback in a game this year, according to uh, some of the advanced stats. 23 of his dropbacks were thrown to his first read. He covered 945 yards in the Super Bowl against Tampa in terms of running for his life. Uh, this game, he sprinted for 280 yards yeah. and over 900. I mean, it, it felt like, once again, the offensive line failed him, and then he was pressing and trying to do too much. That's exactly the feeling I got.
0: I think in most of the losses this year, you could point to one part of the offense that struggled, and you know, by proxy, the rest of the offense struggled, and they haven't been able to get anything going, especially in the losses. Know, even some of the wins the offense hasn't been great but the defense has managed to hold the opposing team under the allotted points that that they needed in this one it was completely nothing going right right like you right away you knew that the offensive line was in trouble which is troubling i mean i mean it in it, and it's troubling for the playoffs because if you can't win in the trenches you're not going to be able to beat some of these teams that are going to make the playoffs in the AFC but that started it mahomes started running early you could tell by maybe even late in the second quarter, early third quarter, that he didn't trust the offensive line anymore. So even if a player was able to get open downfield, which wasn't happening on every play I was there, the coverage was good by the Las Vegas Raiders. And so even when a player was able to kind of break free, even be it Travis Kelsey or Rasheed Rice, who he does have trust with, he wasn't spending enough time in the pocket, even when he did have the protection from earlier in the game, and he was bailing. And so there were no plays that that could be made downfield did seem like finally at the end they found some sort of rhythm, but by then, as we know, it was just way too late, and they needed to get in the locker room and kind of reset for this week. And so uh, this has to be rock bottom uh, because if it's not, uh, then who knows <laughs> well, what happens. I, I always here. joke with Cody because
1: yeah. we, we we give him a hard time because we, right. we, over the years there's been a lot of times where we felt like it was rock bottom for whether it's the Royals or anything right. else. And then a week later we're <laughs> all like, you, uh, whoops. So I, I, I hope you're right. It, it feels. to be, it, I mean right? – it, it has to unless they lose again, right? Exactly. I mean, that's it has to be if you think there's any chance of this team. That's what I mean. um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think there's any chance of this team, find a way to win a playoff game. We'll get to expectations sure. and, and, and playoffs and everything coming up throughout the show today. Pete Sweeney's with me for the 10 o'clock hour. I got Rob Collins from Fox 4 stopping by from 11 to 1, and then the boss man, Steve Inspector, who's a big sports better as well, is going to yeah. join me from 1 to 2.
0: He's probably going to be pumped about this. I'm looking around. This this is his kind of place for sure.
1: Yeah, poor me. I have to be here all day. I know it's terrible. I have to sit in a <laughs> Sportsbook book till eight o'clock tonight. I know. It's it's a feel bad for me. I have to bet on sports and, and watch sports in a leather recliner for, for ten plus hours today. I know. But you mentioned the offensive line yeah. who I think the last two weeks in particular have wreaked rest. Is it just as simple that they got a rookie at left tackle or is it everything right now? Because I understood that when Juany Morris is playing left tackle, even though there were bright spots, he's a rookie. There's gonna be some growing pains. But your right tackle Jawan Taylor, who you got a contract that you're tied up with for at least another year at minimum and then suddenly the interior offensive line was was a little weak, and I know one was injury related with, with Trey Smith, but like I feel like some of the snaps from Creed Humphrey have yeah. been off the last few weeks. Is what well. what what's going on with this offensive line? It seems like everything is falling apart here right now.
0: It, it was a bad performance. It was the worst of the year for sure, and I think it's a little bit of everything. And and what's tough about that is. For years, the interior has been so good, and that is something that you can rely on. But you're right. The Creed snaps have been a little bit off and out of sync, which isn't something that you expect from this all-pro player. Now Trey Smith is suddenly injured, and I think Nick Allegretti is fine, but there's a reason that he is a yeah. you know swing interior guy. Uh, John- Jawan Taylor, it, it seems like from the beginning of the season on, when he was the main story, uh, sure, I think he's taken a step back uh, out of the light a little bit, but I, I don't know if he truly got his feet under him since all of that stuff happened. And you're looking at Wanye Morris, and I think Wanye Morris can be fine in time, but these are the first snaps, first games of his career in the NFL. And so, uh, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs there. And when the rest of the line and the veterans aren't performing up to snuff, of course he's going to have issues. And I think that is to be expected. But, look, the Chiefs don't have any time. I mean, I I think uh, that was one thing that I would say early is like, okay, well, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Andy Reid, they have Travis Kelsey. They're going to be able to figure this out. We're entering week 17 now. And so the urgency just has to be there. Uh, We do sound like a broken record. Mahomes and Reid, I think they understand they kind of sound like a broken record by saying things like we feel close if we just clean up the mistakes. It's like, well (laughs) – Playoffs are in three weeks. When, when is that going to happen?
1: Yeah, you know, normally I'm the optimistic one, and I'm like, hey, patience. And yeah. By the way, that's like the last couple of years, that's exactly how it's just played out. The team has gotten better. Right. And so, I, I almost to the point where you had blind faith that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, when we were talking in October, oh, by the time they get to November, sure. they'll figure it out. That just hasn't happened. Clearly, this, this feels different. This is different. And I, I mentioned the Super Bowl flashback because, on, on one hand, it means that you're struggling in all parts of the offense. On the flip side, does not mean that it, it's actually a season that's going to push the front office in particular yeah. to make changes? And I think that's like not, – not that you want them to uh, be a, a situation where they're in right now, but if there's any bit of positive, is this the type of game slash season that forces them to do the whole revamp like they did yeah. after that Super Bowl against Tampa with the offensive line?
0: I think you've seen it twice now uh, in this regime, in this era, where – 18, the defense was unacceptable. They go and fix it in the 19 by, you know, getting a new defensive coordinator, bringing in Tyron Matthew, making sure that the defense was at least average to match what the offense could do. And you saw the offensive line. Nobody wants to talk about that uh, Super Bowl, except Justin Watson in the locker room. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, uh, he, you know, it, that happened, and then they, they fixed the, the offensive line, and and it was they were better for it. What is interesting at this stage, and, and we put an article out, one of my great film reviewers, uh, Nate Christensen, did yesterday about the reality I think that we're facing here is for the whole season, we said, okay, if they just add pass catchers, this thing is going to be fine. But now you're looking at, okay, not only do you need to add pass catchers, and I think they do, I think they draft a wide receiver, I think they sign one, but I think you're wondering – was this just a lot of attention on Travis Kelsey, or did the age kind of finally hit? You know, he's about to reach 1,000 yards, but that production, and we're going to be honest, is it's a little bit less for him. Uh, it seems like there's been more frustration for him this year. Do you need to start adding to the tight end room? Do you suddenly have to work on this offensive line that you thought, you know, in the last offseason, especially because you had Donovan Smith for a year, you had Wanya Morris, who was going to be that next guy, is that good enough? And I, I think now you're starting to have questions surface uh, about that. Is the plan good, right? Is this Nagy-Reed connection uh, as good as it was uh, with the enemy and, and so on and so forth in previous years? Are the position coaches good enough? I know Connor Embry has been under the light. Oh, yeah. Andy Heck is another one. And so I think you're going to have to see how this ends. There's still time to completely reverse this thing. But if the thi- this thing isn't completely reversed and you see this team, and this is kind of the ending that I'm starting to see, I-, I can admit that I've been trying to be positive all year, but it seems like it's going to be a wild card, or maybe at most to me, at least where the team is now, a divisional round exit. Like, is this something where this offense needs a much greater facelift than just, hey, you know, we're going to add T. Higgins and draft a receiver. We're A-OK. I don't know if it's going to be that simple.
1: Yeah, as the year has gone on, it's, it's got worse. Right. Right? right. More problems are are being discovered, and we can get into the, the coordinator, and obviously a lot of people have been focusing their attention not just this week, but the last month plus, I would say, on Matt Nagy and Eric the name comes up and all yeah. that. We'll, we'll get to that in about uh, 15 or 20 minutes or so. But the overall thought of this team, I mean, the expectation, it's weird. Like, the only expectation for me, at least in the Chiefs in the postseason now, and I think from fans, is probably a first-round loss. Anything else is a surprise. Like, how, how often have we been in a spot heading into a postseason, at least this is where I'm at, where going into it, like I will be surprised if if they're rattling off multiple wins. They have not shown that they can recently win multiple games in a row. Why do I think they're going to be able to do that in the in the postseason? Since the bye week, they're two and four. They're three and five in their last eight games. And I don't have to tell you. I mean, the the, the giveaways in, in compared to takeaways, the ratio, and they're as bad as it gets in the NFL.
0: Yeah, it, it's been frustrating, and I think everyone's expectations have kind of been changed. Uh, and 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 look, we. <laughs> We've seen saying if all year. If they go and play clean games and win convincingly against the Bengals and Chargers, maybe we're feeling differently in two weeks. I think that that's um, something that we have to say. It's not impossible that they go and do that. Hard to fathom, for sure. But I think the way that you feel right now, I, I, I have a very specific prediction of how I feel this this is going to go. Just the way that the team is built right now. I feel like they can get to the second round, uh, so long as they're not playing the Bills in the first game. Which
1: right now is what it's set up to
0: be. Right. So I, you know, I and and but I think they're at a point where you look at these other what I would consider top tier teams. I know the Buffalo Bills had a resurgence here and they had a slow start, so they're going to be lower in the seating. But I think it's the Ravens, the Dolphins, and the Bills. I, if the Chiefs face these guys in a playoff game like what is our confidence level that they're going to be able to play a complete good enough game to defeat these teams i just don't think we're there anymore so i i got them winning a game in the playoffs unless they somehow run into the the bills buzz so i know it, it was a little bit less of a win last week a, a, a scare against the chargers but look they ended up winning the game which is more than kansas city could say
1: the the numbers when you look at them you can still try to talk yourself into like hey look they you know they just scored Twenty points a game. They're great, like, you know, and all the, the defense is legit. We know right. this is this defense is going to give them a shot to win yes. in the playoffs. I think we all agree with that. But that's also been the story of the entire year. That's why it's tough. Like I can bring up that all right, even though they've been three and five in this stretch, they're you know they're they're scoring you know it's eighteen point two points per game or whatever. Uh, and the one thing that just sticks out is the the giveaways again, fifteen giveaways five takeaways. So this defense, as good as they've been, they're not turning people over, and offensively we know this is a, is a team not only against the Raiders where they did it what twice in seven seconds or whatever, right. uh, which was just backbreaking. breaking they, they can't overcome that, and that's been the story the entire year. It's just hard for me to believe that suddenly in the postseason, they could have a turnover against the Bills or anybody and think that, oh, this is the one time though all year, basically, that they can overcome
0: the turnovers. Well, I think, coming, I think coming into last week we really felt like, okay, Rasheed Rice is, is good. He's legit. And I, I still feel that way. And I think you felt like okay, the offensive line could be good enough. Where if someone emerged, and we're still waiting for that, is it going to be Richie James? Is it going to be Watson? That's a little bit more involved. Uh, is somebody going to step up? Kadarius um, suddenly help? Any kind of other option? I, I thought it was good that Pacheco uh, was going to be back. For, you know, for example, they got three options there. The the key for me in this game was just how bad the offensive line looked. It really. Like, we've been talking about pass catchers all year. It really doesn't matter if the Chiefs <laughs> have a pass catcher beyond Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. If Patrick Mahomes is going to have no time early in the game, have happy feet. And, you know, to Mahomes' standards, he wasn't close to where he wanted to be, you know, from a, a hitting, uh, a, a receiver standpoint. I saw from Pro Football Focus, and I know that some people like the grade, some people don't, mm-hmm. but this is just how they, they do it. This was the worst game of Patrick Mahomes' career just from an individual standpoint. Do you agree
1: with that, by the way? like, Take the great out of it. Like, Do you think that was the worst? If it's not the do, worst, it's like number two.
0: I do. I don't think he's completely to blame because of what we were talking about of like what was happening early in the game. The pressure was just relentless. And so any quarterback is, is going to be not performing to their level if they don't feel comfortable in the pocket. And you saw Patrick bailing a lot. Um, I think on the interception – you just can't have that pick six um, because of where your offense is at. And, I, you know, that was a – he said this after the game, it was a mistake to, to throw that football. Yeah, I mean, it, it was as bad as the regular season game as I can remember. And I, may, I think maybe a worse performance, again, not all his fault, obviously, was the Super Bowl um, against the Tampa Bay Bucs. Like that's and, the only other one I can and, think and it, of. And, you know, kind of stemmed similar to the offensive line. I think it was a little worse in that game, actually, but it still stemmed from the same reason
1: a couple weeks ago, maybe it's been a month now, there was uh, an article in Denver, and we kind of mocked it. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you know which article I'm about to talk about, and it, it basically was saying that the Broncos broke mm. Patch Mahomes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, give me a break. You know, give me a <laughs> yeah, break. And right. I still don't believe the Broncos are the team that did it. Right? Do you think I – what? mean, what we're saying, like I know people don't want to use that word, and, and it's Patch Mahomes, but I don't care who did it. I would argue maybe the, the Chiefs organization did it with the way they've set up this roster this year offensively. Do you think it's fair to say? I mean, everything we're, we're being around the bush a little bit, like – Is it fair to say he's broken right now because of, not that he can't be fixed, but because when you have an offensive line that he doesn't trust, wide receivers he doesn't trust, he's making poor decisions because he's trying to press and feel like he has to do everything. I mean, how else would you describe it?
0: Well, you know, you saw in this game that the Chiefs struggled to run the ball, and I think teams have realized, like, you you almost want to dare them to throw it downfield. And I think if we're being honest with ourselves, how many – you know, even in the, one of the better Chiefs games for this season, how many downfield passes do we think are going to get completed on a given game? Maybe two, mm. yeah. right? Like, and so there's no real threat of that. So you can kind of sit back and play up. And I think early in the season we saw Patrick Mahomes in this offense having success in the intermediate. And here and there they would have these methodical drives that kind of gave you hope. And a lot of them were enough to win the game. Remember, this team is still 9-6. and six. But at a certain point now, teams are realizing like we actually can maybe even cheat up a little bit in the intermediate because Mahomes doesn't trust these receivers past 10 yards. Uh, he, you can't blame them either. And he has right. one that can, yeah. can do so because Travis Kelsey likes to live in the middle. It'd be Rashid Rice. Uh, Marquez Valdez handling hmm. plays 61 snaps. <laughs> he has one target, no catches, no yards. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think it's a little bit of everything. Uh, I, I I think it, like I said, it. If you want to blame the, the the personnel staff, I think directing it in the right space is important here, I, and I think that would be maybe the offensive line. It, you know, it just seems like this it may be, and we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot of time here. You, you mentioned Juwan Taylor's in the contract next year. Juwan Taylor might have been a mistake. Uh, Donovan Smith has been okay. Um, you know, now you have Wanya in there with the injuries. Uh, Donovan Smith was coming off an injury-filled year. I'm still not going to blame him for the pass catches. and you could kill me here, but I think – this is basically the same group as last year when you won a championship. You just exchanged Juju for Rishi. The problem is, is three twenty somethings: Kadarius Tony, Sky, Moore, and Marquez Valdez Scantling. All in their twenties, have taken significant steps back as far as reliability goes. Uh, it's hard to predict that. I mean, who was thinking? But it, that, I,
1: I that, hear you. Like I, I you know hear you. I mean? But the, wouldn't you agree, though? Like, isn't that? I mean, it's if you're a general manager, it's it's your job to get it right. I mean, like they, it's your job sure. to progress. No doubt they. Clearly, they thought development of Sky Moore would increase. MVS, they didn't think yes. he was going to fall off a cliff. No, I agree with all yeah, of that. Yeah. But at some point, like when you have that, like, that's misevaluating the position, right?
0: I guess to an extent. I just, you know, seeing what Kadarius was able to do toward the end of last year, and I think there were high hopes from Sky Moore in the off season. He was doing all the right things. Pat was excited about him. These guys are still in their early to mid twenties. I, you know, I think believing that they would progress naturally was fine. And you know what, like. Maybe the plan was, was uh, a little mis- messed up by just this idea that they were going to be able to acquire Odell Beckham Jr. or mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. I think they felt like they were. And the Ravens, uh, <laughs> first place in the yeah. conference, kind of messed that, that up for them by giving Odell that contract. And, like, DeAndre was never going to play that team-friendly ball with the Chiefs because it was just was going to be too low. So they, you know, they had a plan for receiver. They thought they had enough. Uh, clearly, that was a mistake. But I think, you know, if you look at the science behind it, you can un- kind of understand how that happened. Uh, if you want to complain about the offensive line, I just think that's a little bit more reasonable of something to complain about.
1: When, when you mention the O-line, Jawan Taylor, though, in the, in yeah, the contract. That was, that's like, the one that sticks out. Well, because when they something. signed him, I mean, everybody said, oh, he's going to play left tackle. Right. And then it quickly became – they signed Donovan Smith, what, in May, I think it was. Yeah. And it's, okay, no, he's the left tackle. They had Wanya Morris, of course, that they drafted. And Donovan Smith has not been healthy recently. It's kind of what happened last year. His play started to suffer. It's right. kind of the same story. And then Jawan Taylor, they're, they're in a position, though, financially – you probably even know the exact number, but it's like 30-something million next year. So he's on this team next year. Right. The year after, we'll see. You A few minutes ago you said, hey, maybe there's a chance that all the, the lining up improperly, the false start stuff, maybe he hasn't had a chance to completely regroup and right. reset. That's got to be the hope in the offseason. Like, hey, this whole year just got kind of screwed him up. He needs multiple months in the offseason to <laughs> <It's> retrain <laughs> himself, if you will. It's like Russell Wilson at the right tackle <laughs> position, essentially. Like, yeah, yeah. that's going to be
0: a, a big task of Andy Heck. Uh, you know, and I know that people, the offensive line coach, I know that people have, have kind of questioned that as well. Um, but that is going to be priority number one is getting Juwan Taylor back in a place of being the guy the Chief signed rather than maybe this guy that has some, have has, has had some mental stuff going on. And look, he would, you know, I, he was getting a lot of flags uh, and he did things a certain way in Jacksonville that really wasn't under the spotlight because of who they were. He kind of probably had to change things fundamentally and that'll that'll hurt you know your game a little bit so we'll see um and again i you know i think i'm going to be on the radio a lot today i'm doing c dot and i'm doing (laughs) and i think you know a lot of this week is going to be like what are they going to do next year we do have to remember there are still two games left and who knows i mean i i think we've seen this team find ways to dig deep before it's just hard to fathom at this point i completely agree but we may you never know feel different in 14 days we'll see
1: that's what's crazy. It's just, I mean, you, you got two weeks. Right. Yeah, I mean, you got two weeks to, quote-unquote, figure this thing out and ho- hope that, frankly, you're not playing the Buffalo Bills. Exactly. in a 3-6 exactly. matchup. But, again, the Chiefs could still end up with a two-seed, right? There's some scenarios. It seems unlikely, but there's, right. there's scenarios for that. Buffalo could still win the division. Again, it seems a little unlikely now that Miami was able to beat the, the, the Cowboys. But mm-hmm. the one thing I, I, I do before we go to break, and I think you agree with me on this, all this national discussion, because I was off yesterday, so I had a chance just to, like, read up on what people are saying nationally. It's yeah. been all over. Tune In is the audio platform with
0: something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports.
1: clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set
2: my world on fire. Yes, oh,
1: and even podcasts. Whatever you love.
2: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Your, your, your debate shows. This idea, though, that t- Travis Kelsey and his relationship with Tr- Taylor Swift has any bearing right. on the struggles of this team, to me, is absolutely ludicrous. We want to talk about Travis Kelce. Oh, is he losing a step and all that? that that's a fair conversation yeah. had, and I think there's maybe some tr- truth to that, by the way, even though he's pacing for 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. But he's not washed. He's going to have a 1,000-yard season. Uh, do you need a plan for another tight end in the offseason? Maybe so. But the idea that uh, his girlfriend uh, has caused him to struggle or the team to struggle is absolutely ridiculous. It's lazy. That's what it is. It's lazy sports narratives that people push out there, mainly on social media, but I've seen it from some of the biggest names in sports media this week.
0: Yeah, and, and – I, I, it's tough. I don't like that stuff. I mean, I you know from you know, I, I talk to to the people around the team uh, quite a bit, and uh, he's done a lot behind the scenes because I think he knows how distracting that whole thing could could be has been whatever mm-hmm. you want to say to make sure that you know he's getting the practice early, leaving late, you know, doing all the right things within the the building, and uh, I don't think it has anything to do with yeah. with the team's struggles. I think that's an unfair um, item. I you know it, there's. Sure, I think there's a lot of people that that get get and see the attention of, of of her when she shows up at Arrowhead Stadium. It's kind of, in my opinion, become normal now. I mean, it was crazy at first, but now she's been at what several games, five, six games. Mm-hmm. Um, it, she's one of the biggest stars, uh, pop stars in, in the entire world. A lot of people would say she's she's the biggest, but. I think there are a lot more problems. Uh, Big time. Than, I wish that was the, the only sport. problem. By the way, I wish, I wish that the was Chiefs. the issue. Yeah, because then she could just stay home and they would win every game. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, it has nothing to do absolutely with the Cheese performance. Yeah.
1: He's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. He's hanging out with me for the first hour of the show. We'll have some other special guests stopping by as we're broadcasting live at Hollywood Casino. It's the grand opening of the new remodeled sports book. It'll open up at 5 o'clock today. This place is awesome. It is going to be the place to watch postseason football. Four bowl games today as well. We'll continue to tell you about The Sportsbook here at Hollywood Casino. Up next on Cody and Gold, you mentioned Matt Nagy's name, Pete. I want to talk offensive coordinator, the role he has in all of this, and where does he fall into the blame right now that's going on out there? That's coming up next right here on Cody and Gold. Back here on Cody and Gold, we are at the Sportsbook inside Hollywood Casino. Grand opening day for their newly remodeled Sportsbook. It's going to open up at 5 o'clock today. It's the only Sportsbook in Kansas City. And if you've never been out to Hollywood Casino, again, tonight is a perfect time to come on out and check out the sportsbook. you got four bowl games going on. Yep. You Get some bets in before the Chiefs take on Cincinnati. And I know a lot of people noticing that line as Pete Sweeney is with me from Arrowhead Pride where the Chiefs are seven, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And I think everybody's natural – uh, inclination right away is like, uh, that seems like way too many points, but this is where it's, this is always where it's tricky. I'm kind of going to stay away yeah. from betting the spread, but that's where it's a little tricky. Cause you're like, there's no, they have no business being seven and a half point favorites. This is the game where the the, the books get you because it
0: I, makes no sense. Right. I've already seen though, you know, people picking the Cincinnati Bengals outright. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I, you know, we just had a whole 25 minutes about talking about yeah. the problems. It's like, I think sometimes we do overreact quite a bit to a single individual NFL game. Like Andy Reid always mentions the parity. I mean, the 49ers look awful. On, are we thinking that they're not going to make a run in the playoffs uh now just because of of the one game? I I think so much can be taken away from one week and you know one awful outing when suddenly, you know, you feel like, "Oh, um, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, you might have been like, "I can get the Chiefs minus seven and a half against the Bengals." Let's mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, it's like, "How are they ever going to overcome?" Well, they may easily overcome come that yet. Yeah, so, uh, it is an interesting line. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up playing out. But uh, as we know, Vegas is usually pretty sharp. So, I got Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride
1: hanging out for another uh, 10, 15 minutes or so. Then Rob Collins from Fox Ford just saw him walk in. He'll be with me from 11 to 1 inside of the awesome new sports book inside of uh, Hollywood Casino, in particular, here in KCK. And it is uh, as good of an experience as you're going to find. In the Midwest, I'll go as far to say that I've been to sportsbooks up in Iowa. I think yeah. Pete has been to those as well. And uh, th- this is not only bigger, um, but it's got a massive TV wall that they can spread out to twelve different games. I'm thinking March Madness. This is going to be yeah. the place to go. And so, hope to see Definitely. some of you out here later on today. If you're a pin play member and you place a minimum wager of twenty-five dollars on one bet slip at the sportsbook counter today between uh, three and seven fifty, and you check in over at the promotions area, uh, they're going to be given up to fifteen winners drawn for a hundred dollar pin sports play. So you want to make sure you come on and get your bets in for the Chiefs game and the rest of the NFL slate including including Thursday night football. But you had mentioned Matt Nagy's name and that's been that that name has come up quite a bit yeah. here recently. And I want to talk offensive coordinator heck we can even get into Eric Bieniemy for a second because that's Not the sure. comparison naturally of course that everybody is making. Where, where does he fall into this blame? Because for me, I think he's absolutely part of the equation, as we could probably rattle off ten different individuals that yeah. are actually part of this, this season that has been frustrating for everybody. So he's part of it. But I, I struggle with saying, like, he's clearly the one biggest problem. Get mm-hmm. him out of here. I, I struggle with that, and the reason for that is we know for as long as Andy Reid's been in Kansas City, well, yes, the OC is part of the game plan, which is why right. he, he gets blamed for this, uh, talking about it, Matt Nagy. But he's not calling the plays on, on game day. This right. is Andy Reid's offense. And by the way, when anybody wants to mention Matt Nagy's scheme, guess whose scheme Matt Nagy learned right. from? Right. It's Andy Reid's scheme. So right. that's he's why I struggle with, like, oh, if he just got rid of Matt Nagy, everything would be good. Well, I think that's, too
0: sim- that's making
1: it way too simple.
0: I just have felt the, the same for years when, it, when it's come to the offensive coordinator. And, and that's that, like, even when Doug Peterson was here, even when it was um, – Brad Childress and Matt Nagy combined. They were co-offensive coordinators for one year. Eventually it was Nagy. Then it, and it's the enemy, and problems would come up. This isn't the first Chiefs losing streak or their you know bad streak, and, and all of a sudden the offensive coordinator's name would come up. The offensive coordinator, in my opinion, with Kansas City, should not ever really be more than 20% of the blank. I mean, this is Andy Reid's show, and, I, and it always confused me as to, like, I know Enemy is being brought up now. I know Nagy is being brought up. Um, like I said, goes back to even Peterson when the Chiefs go through struggles. Like, oh, is Peterson the problem? No. Uh, Andy Reid deserves all the credit when the Chiefs win championships and AFC titles and host AFC title games. And he do- deserves most of the blame when when they don't. Now, I, I've seen this Enemy thing, and the way that I feel about it is if, like, you want to criticize Matt Nagy in his own right, right? Like, okay. I You know, I think, like, any coaching staff member when the team is underperforming in a Super Bowl or bust year, uh, deserves to be looked at. Like, what is his role? You know, to me, it's helping in this collaborative effort to make the game plan, uh, assisting Andy Reid in that, offering ideas, someone to bounce off of. But at the end of the day, it's uh, Andy Reid's decision. But then to bring up Eric Bieniemy, and here's my problem with it: I liked Eric Bieniemy. I mean, and he was a great guy to cover. Um, really, really n- nice guy. Sometimes I'll be honest with you, I uh, didn't give us a lot on the record, but off the record, he anyway, had a lot to say. And you know, that sometimes was frustrating. But I, I, all around, great guy, and I, I, think he deserves a head coaching role uh, in this NFL, and, and one where uh, he has a, a good setup. It doesn't seem like it was been the the best setup in Washington. Now, however, it's not like he's sitting at home. We know what he's doing in Washington. And what is that? It's 23rd in the league in points per game. I understand it's Sam Howe. We just talked off air, gold, but they're switching to Jacoby Brissett. So, like I said. Yeah, they're not, a mess out there. Not in the DC. same situation. But, like, all right, let's take that team and maybe be 15th before we say the enemy is the missing ingredient. So, if you want to complain about Nagy in his own right, I think that's fine. But I, I don't like the – I don't think the comparison makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I think there's nuance to both. Like, yeah. if, if – So it sounds like you and I agree on Matt Nagy's role in this offense and and where the blame goes. The EB part, it's interesting because the one part I do believe they are missing is someone from the outside uh, to a certain extent that – is able to, to be the hard ass and the disciplinarian, if you will. Like, I do believe there is truth to that. That some of these mistakes that were happening back in September and October would not still be happening. Do I think suddenly MVS would learn how to catch a football? No, right. Exactly. right? I yeah. mean, so no, I, those things. But the, the the simple mistakes and maybe getting plays in on time and all that. Sure. I do I do believe that stuff would not be happening. That that's the, the the furthest I'll go with the. Oh, if he was here, everything would be fine. I, I think that's true. The EB part in DC, it's tough to judge. I'll be honest, just because week one through eight, everybody was praising that offense. Sam Howell looked great. Now he's like one of the worst quarterbacks in football. Just got benched for Jacoby Brissett. He doesn't know how to throw the football to Terry McLaurin, their number one wide receiver. So it's tough for me to say, well, EB's offense is twenty. What do you say, twenty third or so? And say, well, see, he can't. He it's not. You know, he's not the genius. I don't know. I still don't have the. I, I still don't have the answer to that because he's doing with Sam Howell a right. terrible offensive line in DC as well, and everybody knows Ron Rivera is going to get fired here in two weeks.
0: Yeah, I guess I just. I'm like a a causation correlation guy. I I think we are seeing one year without Eric Bieniemy, and this is happening, mm-hmm. and we're just assuming. Well, E B was here, they'd be getting yelled at harder, and this offense would suddenly be fixed and disciplined and and all that. And I just. This is the NFL, and these are millionaires. And, like, just because they weren't yelled at hard this year doesn't necessarily mean, like, that's the way to do it. I ultimately think that an offensive coordinator with any team should coach a player individually. Like, some players
1: react differently, deserve to,
0: yeah. to you know, be chewed out. And you know what? They respond to that. Um, other players don't. And I, I think over the long term, um, and this is just my opinion and my feel on it, like, I – Think that these millionaire grown ass men don't always want to be yelled at by another grown ass. Yeah, you man. have
1: to approach it differently than you did and in the 1990s, and some people can say all they want. Oh, they're sure. just soft now. It's reality, yeah. though. You have to adapt to the players.
0: Correct. And look, and and I I think sometimes you need that, regardless of how the player responds, because they need to understand. Hey, you need to be better here. But at the same time, I just. It's the one-season thing. Like, I'm not ready to say, like, oh, you re Eric Biennemi. If he hadn't left, the Chiefs are suddenly 11-5, and five, you, you know? That do you think, deal.
1: though, because I, I do believe certainly that the fan base doesn't hire coaches, I understand that, but there's always the PR game a little bit and yeah. all this. I, I think before the season or last year, if we were to actually put out a, a, a true poll, who's likely to replace Andy Reid whenever the day comes that he retires? I think Matt Nagy might have been the most gotten the most votes. Yeah. I do think a season like this can absolutely, and I I don't believe he's the front runner anymore. I don't know if that's three years from now, five years from now. Who knows where Matt Nagy's at anyway. But I I do believe a season like this will absolutely, and it has sour Chiefs fans on him, fair or not. Mm -hmm. And I I believe the likelihood of him just walking in the door and replacing Andy in three years or two years, whatever that timeline's going to be, I think this year has major ramifications for that.
0: Yeah, I think if it was going to be this handoff situation, uh, I agree. You'd have to have a couple years of sustained success, and that would get the fan base behind you because you'd be like, well, you know what? I understand Nagy didn't have a great uh, time in Chicago, but we want to keep things as normal and as seamless as possible for Patrick Mahomes. And I I think that was the built-in plan. But you're right here, uh, if this, and who knows how long Andy Reid goes, but if these final years are more like the final years of Philadelphia than the success that we've seen, it's going to be a lot harder for the Hunt family to be like, all right, you know what we want to do? Just keep everything the same when Andy Reid's done And look, I, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that Andy Reid's retiring. I'm not saying that, like, he deserves to be on no, none, none of that. I mean, he deserves as much time as he needs. He's in that Belichick realm for me. Sure. Where like he, he, he has done way and more than enough to have um, a down year, so to speak, for the offense. But I just think you're right. In the succession plan uh, – great show, by the way. In it this, is. Oh, my goodness. In the succession plan, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the would-be Kendall Roy <laughs> is now raising his eyebrows. Is there another person um, that could be uh, after Andy Reid?
1: Are they serious people, though? Do you believe they're serious people? If anybody's <laughs> watching this, like you know what I'm talking <laughs> it like about. It like it on Christmas, but uh, hopefully they figure <laughs> hopefully. out. Hopefully. Pete Sweetie from Arrowhead Pride. Real quick before I let you go, I know you've got to make your way out to sure. Arrowhead, by yeah. the way, as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are going to speak to the media. You'll hear that coming up at 1145. You were at Arrowhead. I, what did you make of the booing at Arrowhead? Because I, I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it whatsoever. Now, I'll be honest. I've gotten plenty of Chiefs skins. I don't know if I would do it. And That's not like saying that I'm better than anybody. I, I don't know if I would do it. But I have no problem with people that paid for tickets when your offense had that sort of performance in the first half and your kicker just missed the field goal right before half and everything seemingly has fallen apart. Um, I have no problem with people booing. We know what the expectation is for
0: this team. I love it. Um, You know... For you guys that have been listening to me for years and know my background, uh, didn't grow up here. I've been here for ten years. I consider myself a, a second city, Kansas Cityian, but I grew up in the East Coast. I grew up with the Bronx cheer, uh, and that was um, <laughs> that was the the line of like, okay, you guys aren't performing to the level, you know, and, and it kind of is a, a Yankees thing. Like, we expect World Series championships. We expect winning, 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 and that's to a point where look, you have the greatest quarterback in NFL history through the amount of years that he has I know that Tom Brady's the goat I'm not saying that but I'm saying through six seven years as a starting quarterback you have the greatest quarterback in NFL history there's no problem with fans coming out to Christmas probably leaving homes um, quicker than they would have on any regular normal Christmas day sitting in the cold rain whatever like (laughs) that and then having to watch that when now you know Tickets have gone up, right? Ticket prices have gone up, um, which is deservedly so. They've been very successful, um, and there's only a certain window on this gift uh, of a quarterback who, who the team, to it, to a, to a point, uh, made happen because they traded up to go and get him and, and everything like that. But I. I have no problem being dissatisfied with their performance and um, showing the only thing that fans can do at a game to show they're dissatisfied is boo. Like, you it, didn't give anything. You so didn't give them anything to cheer for the first half. I it's that simple for me. I have no. I have no problem with that. I know some fans are, are getting upset, but um, I you, the expectations have changed. We and the, the organization knows that. The players know that it is a Super Bowl or bust year. And for you longtime Chiefs fans, you have wanted this mm. forever. Like, you wanted to be the Patriots. You are the Patriots. And what would happen in New England um, during the Tom Brady years if this type of thing was – they would be booed, too. And you know what? You're on that level now, and that's, that's fine with me. I'm fine with the boots. Yeah,
1: net, what, negative 18 yards in the first quarter? I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's something that you can boo about. Yes. I have no problem, Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. Fantastic
0: stuff as always. Thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, good luck in your uh, your sports betting today. Uh, I, I wish I would have taken the over on personal fouls for Kansas last night. That, that would have my been. goodness. I'm going to talk <laughs> with Bob Collins about that bowl game last night. It was,
1: I mean. It's bowl season; crazy things happen, but that was nuts. Pretty wild. KU gets the win against UNLV in the guaranteed Raple. I mean, look, when it's the guaranteed Raple, you just never know what's going to happen out there in <laughs> Phoenix. And it was what was it, uh, over 200 yards worth the penalties for KU bowl record hey, they, and they, all that. Like they
0: got the win. That's all they that matters, did. Right? Well, that's
1: why it was laughable because it, like it was. I mean, for a little while, it it was causing the game to be closer than it should have been. Right. Ultimately, KU still covered and all that. And there yeah. was that was a uh, that was a weird game just from a line movement. Not to get too deep in the weeds with it, but just. Okay, he was 12 and half 13 point favorites. and then yesterday, throughout the day, it dropped all the way down to seven
0: the unknown status of Jason Bean. That's what it was, and yeah. uh, I think
1: he was okay. He, was, he, was okay. he, he looked alright. What yeah. about Syracuse? No joke, Syracuse are they, were they in a bowl they, game? I'm oh, even trying to be an uh, a uh, are, are they in a bowl game this year Mr. You Syracuse? Were, you
0: unintentionally were, yes. They uh-oh, lost the Boca uh-oh. Raton okay. Bowl 45 okay. to, to nothing. But, oh, I did not but, know but Syracuse, that! But Syracuse uh, did bring in a uh, defensive backs coach from Georgia as their head coach. did they
1: he, hire a Patriots coach? Uh, he's
0: he's re- Yeah, he's recruiting his ass off right now, and they got a four-star Ohio State quarterback coming in, so Right. optimism for the art the for next year, but glad that this year's over. Appreciate All right,
1: there you go. That's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride. He's going to make his way out to Arrowhead. And uh, you'll probably hear Pete, one of his questions coming up around 1145 or so. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes right here on your official broadcast partner for the Chiefs. 610 sports radio again throughout the show today broadcasting live from the sports book the newly remodeled sports book here at hollywood casino it officially opens up at five o'clock got some special guests stopping by rob collins from fox 4 going to be with me for a couple hours steven specter our boss going to be here around one o'clock today and then uh, that betting show i'll be on from seven to eight we're always on seven to eight on wednesday nights but uh, nice to be inside of the permanent sports book for the first time i had somebody uh, text in to the show, 913-586-7610, asking, where are we set up? So right now we're broadcasting from inside in the new book. So unfortunately, you, you won't be able to, to see us currently as the new book portion is not open. But they still have kiosks in the counter up. If you want to get some bets in, as I mentioned, they got a really good promo going on out here for the, uh, the grand opening. Uh, if you're a Pen play member, it's free to sign up, by the way, if you're not already. Uh, and if you just make a, a minimum wager of 25 bucks or multiple wagers that total 25 bucks on a bet slip and then check in uh, at the promotions area starting at 3 o'clock. They're going to be drawing 15 winners later on this evening to win $100 in Penn Sports Play. And if you're in person, you don't have to be, but if you're in person at 8 o'clock tonight, you could also receive an additional $100. So uh, a chance for somebody, multiple people, maybe to come up with $200 in Penn Sports Play. So this is going to be the place to watch sporting events. This TV wall is incredible. We're having a blast out here. they got leather recliners, couches. It is fantastic. But before... Uh, we get to Rob Collins in about 12 minutes or so. I wanted to, to talk more about the wide receivers. Pete mentioned the snap counts, and I, just, I was excited to see what the snaps and wide receivers would do when they weren't even tempted as an organization to play Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney because they couldn't, right? Tony out with the hip injury, Sky Moore on IR. And so I was like, okay, they're, they're forced to really whittle this thing down, give some more playing time, and, and then Rice ends up with fewer snaps than Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the game. We're going backwards here. Now, I think some of those were tallied up during the hurry-up at the end of the game, and and maybe just because it was hurry-up, you don't have time to run new personnel out there. I I don't know. That seems like a little bit of an excuse to me. But MVS had 61 snaps. Rasheed Rice had 57. Justin Watson, 49. Richie James, 25. And Justin Ross, 10. And and so we know that MVS is going to continue to be on the field just based off of how they continue to believe blocking-wise he's beneficial to this team. And I know you're not paying a guy, what, $11 million to be a blocker, but that's some of the reality with what they have. But Rishi Rice should always now be out-snapping MVS. There's just no excuse for that. Justin Watson, I'm good with where his snaps are at, 49. I mean, if you look at the potential options that they have, I'm good with that. Richie James, I'm fine with his snap count continuing to go up. I I think MVS's snaps should go down. Give me some more Richie James snaps. I know the text line is very fond of Justin Ross. I just think it's awfully tough. Uh, after missing, what was it, two months, basically, not even missing games, but two months away from the facility for that six-game, what ended up being a six-game suspension due to uh, the, the incident off the field, like I think that's a big ask to think that he's just going to jump in and, and really contribute for this team. Maybe red zone stuff, yeah, would I like to see them, if they're going to throw a fade pass, uh, to anybody in the end zone, yeah, I'd probably prefer that to be uh, Justin Ross over probably any of the other wide receivers in the group at Clyde Edwards helaire maybe has the best catch in the end zone this entire season as a matter of fact, so that that 's what 's frustrating if we 're talking about the wide receivers, but we 're so long past just this being a wide receiver issue, as we were discussing earlier in the hour it's it 's an offensive line issue it 's a coaching scheme issue. Uh, it, it is, I think at this point, a, a, a mental hurdle as well because at some point everybody has their breaking point, and I think we have seen that the last three or four weeks in a row with, with Patrick Mahomes, the the one blow up on the sideline towards refs, and now this is multiple games in a row where that has continued. And like I'm not even blaming him for blowing up. I would be extremely frustrated knowing that this is a, a wide receiver group. It's an offensive line. It's the entire offense that is not working the way You expected it to, and everybody in Kansas City expected it to. And with that, he's probably pressed, and that's why his numbers in that game against the Raiders are as bad as it's ever been. If you look at pro football focus and and their grades, I mean, it it completely makes sense why we're sitting in the spot that we're sitting on. uh, Sitting in, I should say, at this point in time. A little bit later on in the show, we'll, we'll get into... Uh, the trash of the day, and also I want to get uh, Rob Collins' thoughts on the bowl game. As I said, KU get the win against UNLV, so that's going to come up in, in just a little while. The only other thing, I mean, going back to what we were discussing with, with Pete there in the offensive coordinator situation, and I think it was Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk who put out an article uh, suggesting that, you know, if, if Eric bien and the entire coaching staff in Washington DC were to get fired which is the expectation right Ron Rivera they're going to let him coach out the season but the expectation is he will be fired and theoretically Eric Bieniemy would be a free agent at the end of the regular season and Mike Florio put out an article saying would the, would the Chiefs hire should the Chiefs hire Eric Bieniemy I mean that would that would be stunning yes they, they could there's nothing that would prevent you if you get fired from another team we've seen consultants come in for other organizations right around the playoffs or before like that that's not unique, I would be awfully stunned, awfully stunned, if that situation played itself out. I know there's a lot of you that think, oh, that would magically fix things, but I i just don't believe that's in the cards. And if you're Eric B. Enemy, do you want to uh, move on? You moved on from the organization. You're going to, because your head coach is going to get fired, you're going to basically get fired in D.C. And then what, you want to come back for potentially one week? How much of an impact are you going to have on one week of a wild card game that you – Maybe favorites, in, depending on the opponent. You may be underdogs uh, as well. If they're playing the Bills, my guess is it's like a pick 'em. if it's a game at Arrowhead in a 3-6 matchup. So I just don't buy that that is something that we'll see happen. I understand why that's been floated out there, but I just I would be awfully awfully stunned if that's actually the path that things go. We're broadcasting here from Hollywood Casino inside of their new remodeled sports book, which is going to open up at five o'clock to the public a little bit later on today. Cannot wait to see some of you out here. We'll be out here till eight o'clock throughout the entire day. Up next though, Rob Collins from Fox Four gonna stop by. We'll get his thoughts on the Chiefs obviously, but also the rest of the NFL. I don't think there's ever been a season where week to week we crown a new best team or maybe a new MVP as often as we have this year. We get into that next right here on 610 Sports Radio. Tune In is
0: the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock
1: at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word.